You know, some days we we like race to the finish line. I feel like now we're sort of like right in front of the finish line and we're all just kind of taking a nap. Three developers, one mission, build a business to nurture personal fulfillment. It's not stupid, it's FounderQuest. Okay, now we can talk about how terrible the world is. <laughs> no. We've been Speaking of Apple. <laughs> yeah, it's been Tell interesting. Us. So I've been I've been watching all the uh, the hubbub over the past few days about Hay and Apple. And so what is Hay? So Hay is this new email service from the friend our friends at Basecamp. And I still uh, call them thirty seven signals because <laughs> we're like we go back way back. They let me do that. And also an app. So of course, their their web application comes with an iOS application, which has caused a bit of a kerfuffle in the Apple world over the past few days. Which is funny that the timing is such that it's right before their Worldwide Developers Conference. That's interesting. But I was thinking yes, about it this morning. It's very interesting. Uh, some some <laughs> would say it's it's <laughs> it's a less <laughs> a little more than a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you that we will see Basecamp releasing the company version of Hey very, very soon. And when they do, I bet you that the iOS app will be cleared for takeoff because... Uh, because I, then it'll be a company app, right? Exactly. Like in air quotes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, y'all can't the... see my air quotes on uh, <laughs> listeners, but... What is, what is this? Um, what is the kerfuffle, as he called it? What's going on? <laughs> So Apple won't let Basecamp update their iOS app and in fact have somewhat threatened to remove the existing app from the store because Wait, the existing the, I'm sorry, the existing Basecamp no, app? No, the existing the, Hey app. The oh, new, hey yeah, app. the okay. new it's the new like their email client. Yeah. 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 Because they do not support in app purchases for the Hey subscription, which costs a hundred dollars a year. And yeah. uh, of course and, David and Jason are not willing to give Apple any cut. And Apple is saying, well, you know, our rules are you got to do uh, IAP if you want to have yeah. an app that does something that's tied to a subscription. Yeah, they want like 30% or something. 30%. So yeah. I had some, I, so I bet you like, again, that company thing will come out real soon now. And as soon as they do, Apple will be like, okay, well, since it's not an individual thing, then of course we'll, we'll let that app in just like a bunch of other apps that are currently in the app store. Yeah. Like, for example, Fastmail. Right. Like the argument is like consumer versus business, right? Right. That's the, right. the rules for consumer apps are different from the rules for business apps. And, you know, Basecamp, they're making quite a stink about this whole thing, saying it's highway robbery and it's, you know, taxing the internet and all this kind of stuff. Right. But this, this is a thing of marketplaces. They charge you a fee for being on their storefront. Like that's just the way that these things work. You know, it's not, yeah. not new. Right. And we do the same thing with Heroku, right? We, pay Heroku 30% of all the revenue that comes in through people using our service through Heroku. And that's just so cost of being on the platform. So let me ask you, like, I think I may have gotten, I mean, I may have misunderstood this slightly. So in order to have any, I guess for new apps, Apple's saying that if you have any type of subscription service, it has to be purchasable through the app via Apple's payment, like, purchasing thing that's equivalent to like Apple's version of sort of PayPal or whatever. Yeah. If that app is a personal app. If and, it's a personal app. And not a reader kind of app like Netflix falls into the 
thing of readers, I think. So that's Wait, oh, what? I didn't what? I didn't know the reader distinction. There's I a, was just gonna ask about oh. this because like Netflix is <laughs> Netflix. Yeah, you can't like you can't sign up through the app store for Netflix. Right. So what's the difference? Oh, because it's just read. It's like read only. Like you're just it's just content you're viewing or something. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So, so if Netflix it, like let you upload videos like Vimeo or something, then that'd be then they well, have to like. Imagine if you download the Netflix app and there was nothing you could do unless you had a paid subscription, right? Uh, yeah. Then that would, if, the, if there wasn't any special you know, exclusion for Netflix, like there obviously is, right? Then uh, Apple would say, well, the app doesn't do anything useful. We don't want that kind of app on our app store. And that's the argument yeah. for Hey. It's like, it's an email app that can't load email from any other service except for Hey. And you can't use Hey unless you have a paid account. Paid yeah, it's, it, it, all you can do is log in. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So I totally see Apple's stance on this. And, and a lot of people are thinking they're being jerks about it. But I mean, Apple's saying, hey, like we have a big platform and you are reaping the benefits of being on our big platform. So pay us. Yeah. Well, it seems like the bigger question is like, is it a good idea to like basically just build for one platform? Because like if you're question, if you're yeah. gonna like if you're gonna start like a like a new company, are you, it is targeting solely you know just building iOS apps, for instance. Is that a good yeah, is that a good idea? You wanna or you like want... you wanna you wanna target like iOS and BlackBerry, <laughs> right? <laughs> Use that uh get that uh iOS BlackBerry uh, Electron port or, yeah, or whatever. Just you play them <laughs> off one another. React Native does React Native target uh, BlackBerry? <laughs> I don't know. It um, probably. <laughs> I my mind is just exploding right now. <laughs> yeah, I just find it. I find it funny. Just the level the level of outrage on both sides. It seems like there's there's two very vocal camps on like one saying like Basecamp is just you know drum, drumming up all this outrage as a marketing strategy, and it's mm -hmm. you know it's just like billionaires fighting like squabbling over. <laughs> over 30% of their empires or something. And then on the other side of obviously you have a, uh, you know, DHH and everyone else who's upset with Apple. But to me, it does seem like there's, there's some, there are more pressing matters in the world right now than, than, <laughs> yeah, uh, you think? <laughs> you think than, just a couple things. I can, I can think of a few things. Um, just a couple more important things. On a, yeah. The one thing about this is sort of, okay. First of all, I have to say, like, I kind of, so I, I was reading tweets um, from Andre Butov, friend of the show, and I, I hope I can say that. I hope he doesn't get mad at me for saying that. And well, he built, he, he built our iOS app, right? Yeah, he built our yeah. iOS app. So, so he, he's a friend of Honey Badger, yeah. I think. Um, and we're a friend of his. And he was like, it's like, why are people, why do people like, why are people taking sides on this? This is like two like companies that both make a ton of money, like just arguing over a percentage. Like, why are people taking up arms about it? And that made me kind of think, well, that, that was an interesting take because I feel like Basecamp, Knee 37 Signals, like their shtick is like, we're bootstrappers. Like Jason Free goes in and speaks at like bootstrap conferences and stuff. But really like Basecamp is, I, it's like, in a league beyond pretty much any bootstrap company I know of that is sort of like, you know, in that um, world. So it 
almost seems like disingenuous to me of DHH to be like, well, like, it's like, I'm just a little guy and I'm going to like, you know, y'all should feel sorry for me. I'm going to use my pl public platform to complain to Apple, you know? And I mean, yeah, Basecamp is much, much smaller than Apple, mm -hmm. but it's still, it's like, like, well, I don't really care. I think they're, they're still, they're, they're a bootstrap company to me. I mean, like technically they're, bootstrap they bootstrap the company to start it like yes they took investment from jeff bezos but the model for that was not the same as most companies that take investment to grow the business i think like i don't know i could i could take go either way on that like you know but like do we have to is this like how pure do you have to be to qualify as a bootstrap company like you know like scotsman right <laughs> like um he's got to do a scottish i mean yes they they are the most successful they're also one of the most they're one of the oldest and to be fair like how many employees does apple have versus like base camps how many they're they're under 100 still aren't they i don't know like yes they're raking in in the profit and i like to think if we ever reach their level we would be too but yeah I, I just feel it's kind of silly to complain yeah. about having to pay a platform's fee when you want to be on the platform so you can get the benefits of the platform. Like, hey, yeah. if, if you don't want to pay the 30%, okay, yank your app. And if, if you're not going to do that, why aren't you going to do that? Like, what, what is the value that you're getting that's gonna, that you're insisting on having an app in the app store? Okay, if you can say, say what that value is, now all you have to do is decide whether that value is worth 30% of your per user revenue. That's it. It's, it's yeah. simple math, right? I, I just, I, I think it's whiny entitlement to say, oh, well, we're special and we shouldn't have to pay because of X or Apple can't charge anybody this because it's just rent seeking. Well, they built the platform. They're bringing the customers yeah. to you. They're adding they value. They own the apartment building. Like they're, <laughs> they're seeking rent for their apartment building. <laughs> exactly. If you don't want a bed, then don't rent an apartment, you know? But mm -hmm. What's kind of interesting, like there's, what kind of bugs me about the DHH position is that it sort of like invites sort of smaller bootstrap people to be like, yeah, like this is, you know, this is um, something that's against us and like this is affecting us badly. And, but now that I'm sort of thinking about it in more detail, the thing that strikes me is that this is a, a situation that is really only going to affect people who bring their own market like Basecamp and dhh have their own massive following right and they're bringing a ton of customers and so they just want to have a place where people can download an app and um, have their customers use it but if you're just starting out like i remember when we were just starting out and um we were getting our extension on heroku it was like sure great we'll pay 30 percent because we don't have any customers like if you can get us some customers oh, yeah. we'll be happy to pay you 30 percent for them it's totally. just yeah, yeah it's and if just, you are uh, if that is like your primary launch marketing channel and you and you are good you know your app is good then you know you could get featured you know they there are avenues to advertise your service through the app store as well which i assume become more attractive to apple if they are actually making money off of you I mean, one would think. Yeah, I, I think the, the workaround is you just make sure that it's not just an individual subscription. Once I'm really excited to see, like, if they launch the company thing, which it's already in beta, you can, you can get an invite to it, right? So we know it's supported and it's coming soon. I just can't wait to see, like, once it lands, is the whole iOS thing. <laughs> Does it all go away? away? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then <laughs> they're, they're better for it. <laughs> yeah. Is that what we do? 
do we have a company account or are we just like grandfathered in? Well, I did wonder like, how does this affect the Honey Badger iOS app? Because it really doesn't do anything if you don't have a paid account, right? But we don't do it just based on individuals, it's based on teams, right? Yeah, somebody, can, somebody can be paying for multiple people to use the service, the app. So whew, we're okay, hmm. I think. Well, <laughs> all I have to say on the whole thing is like, if we're upset over billionaires ruining the world and we're, we've reached DHH as the, uh, the one that we're ranting about, man, we're really screwed. <laughs> I don't really care about DHH. I don't <laughs> fundamentally care about any of this stuff. I'm just saying no, that like DHH is just not like, this isn't like the everyman versus like yeah. Goliath. This I isn't know. like, it's like, man, capitalism really sucks because they're sticking it to DHH <laughs> whose company makes how many hundreds of million dollars a year? Like, it's just a, it's like, it's like a, um, a cockfight between capitalists, like <laughs> let them do it. Fine. Yeah. Like bet on sides, who cares? But fundamentally it's kind of meaningless to me. That's fair. You tried, Hey Ben, as I did. did I. Yes. Uh, Thanks Star, I tried to get you in with my invite. I thought that my invite had three and I only gave it to three other people, but maybe it included me in that or something. So yeah, maybe I was, I, yeah. I, left out in the I was really excited said, to get you in there. Invite code invalid. <laughs> now we really see why I'm like sticking into DHH in this episode. <laughs> Cause yeah, it's really, it's interesting star that you're the, out of all, out of the three of us, you're the only one who hasn't been invited. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. I'm standing out here in the cold I'm just like, you know, like trying to sell my little matchstick to, to make money. Well, lucky, luckily, my, I think that you, you'll still have a good chance of getting star as a username out of the three out of the three of us, I would say. Yeah, at least you don't have to pay a thousand dollars to get your first name as a username. Right. I don't know. It's, it costs like 10 bucks a month, though, right? Or a hundred bucks a year. hundred bucks a year. But yeah. if you want a three letter name like or two know, Ben, then you want to you have to pay a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not ben, sure I want to pay just a another ten dollars okay? a month for another like <laughs> for another like email account. I've got too many email accounts. Well, you know, I happily yeah. pay fast mail for my email. I have my own domain, so I get email at my first name at bencurtis.com, and been doing that for years. And for the longest time, I had that hosted at Gmail back when that was free. And uh, I don't know, a year or two ago, I decided I'm. I want less Google in my life. And so I switched from Gmail to Fastmail for like, I don't know, I have five or six domains that I actually care about email for. And uh, I love it. I love Fastmail it's amazing. for email. It's great. Yeah. I use Fastmail too. And uh, actually this whole, this whole hey thing, cause I, I went and tried it. I've tried it out and um, I think it's, it's cool and it has a lot of really good concepts, um, but I haven't come to the conclusion that it actually simplifies my email at all just because I have many, I have different email accounts and I have a, a fairly complex setup. And I've also tried to like, I've done a lot of optimization in my own email process. So I've got a lot of, I guess, infrastructure set up to manage my email. And Hey, just seems like a very, like you, you have to like, you'd have to go like all in on it. And it's not full featured enough to go all in with everything. So until it is, it's, it ends up just being another, <laughs> like another email account or whatever. So, yeah. so yeah. what is like the, the thing they're trying to do that fixes email? I don't, I don't even know like what the point is. Basically like they're trying to, the, like when I first signed into it and like started to use it, like they're taking, I think they're, they're taking a lot of like good patterns that people have used, like kind of set up with like automation rules and 
like more complicated setups in the past and are trying to like create a, you know, basically just a, a template that does that for you. So it has a screening, like, like it screens everyone by default, for instance. So when you, when someone first emails you, it doesn't show up in your inbox. It goes to what I think they call the screener and the screener basically gives you like a thumbs up and thumbs down on like whether you want to receive email at all from that person. Um, and then also if you do want to receive email, you can, you can tell, Hey, like what type of email that is. So it's either like you, something like someone contacting you. So you want that to go to your in- inbox, um, or maybe it's like a marketing email or a receipt or et cetera. So kind of like Gmail's, uh, whatever they call the label system, like updates and promotions. Oh, cool. That sounds useful. Yeah. I think if you are not, if you don't have a 15 year archive of email and you know, you can be fine with just, with just yeah. one email address and you don't really have a lot of like filters and automation in place already, it would be great for you. Like if you're not an email junkie expert, then do it. Cause yes. it has, like Josh said, some great patterns. It's kind of when you, when you said the, uh, the, uh, it, it kind of implements some well-known patterns or, or, you know, ways that we've been doing it reminded me of like rails. Like that's, that's what rails yeah, brought to web it's rails for right? email. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I don't, yeah. hadn't thought of that, but yes, Basecamp that likes to do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like before rails, there were, there were templating, there was in, you know, MVC, there were database abstractions, but it wasn't all in one package that nicely put together. And, uh, so that was one thing that was really beautiful about rails. And I, get the same feeling about, Hey, like they've taken a lot of experience, you know, like for example, like I have a, a newsletters filter in fast mail, like all the marketing stuff, all the newsletters I subscribe to all, you know, bypass my inbox and go there so I can check it when I want to. And so I think, Hey, is like formalizing these kinds of patterns that people have yeah. gained over time. You know, as I've, as I was using, Hey, I, there were some concepts that I really liked that I have, that I have, that I don't really have implemented in my email. So yesterday I spent a little time actually um implementing so i implemented uh, a screen just a, a screener fo- folder in fastmail because fastmail filters have a uh they have a um option to filter basically any email that is from someone who isn't in your contacts so basically i just created a to screen folder and created a rule that said if this person isn't in the contacts put it in that folder instead of the inbox and i basically that like that's kind of that's essentially what Hey does. I'm, I think I'm actually going to do a little blog post on this because I took screenshots and stuff as I, as I set it up. Um, so I'll share that maybe later this week or next week or something. But I really like it so far. And actually, I don't know how much further I'm going to go from that because really all I want to do is like, I want to receive like email from a few people should go to my inbox, but the rest of it, I just want to like scan and archive. Like that's my process in Gmail and anywhere else that I use email. So basically I could just have it all go to this folder. I could whitelist just a few people. And then basically just this folder, the screening folder becomes just like scan and archive. Like I can do that every, every day or every week um, yeah. and just move, you know, add, add whoever to the contacts if they're a new person that needs to make it through. And that actually is a lot simpler for me, I think, or will end up being a lot simpler for me than even Hey is in the end. So I think I, re- I really don't need, like, I don't need Hey personally. Yeah, I might try that. I hadn't thought about setting up my own screen or anything like that, but I like that idea. Yeah. That's I'll, I'll throw that blog post together and, uh, I wonder if, but it's easy. Like that sounds really great. I wonder if it would like work for me personally. Like I, 
Like I tend to, like if I have a cabinet with lots of drawers, I will forget that the drawers exist and then never look in them. Yeah. So it's like, almost. so like my, my email workflow of like, just having like a big inbox with a thousand things in it that I have to go through each one is like almost like best for me because it's just one place I have to look and I know that I'll remember to do that. So I don't know. I would try it though. I put mine like right under the inbox or actually even above the inbox if you really want to like want it to be front and center. Um, and then in Fastmail, you can color code the Yeah, cool. The folders, I need to get so. on Fastmail. I've, I'm still like, I'm still like rocking Gmail. Yeah. I'm, uh, okay. Like it's, so, you know, 2007 over here. <laughs> the other, um, the other big discovery I made this week was how Fastmail handles uh, forwarding. So I now have both because I have two other um, I have Honey Badger and then I have Hint, um, my the consulting company that I'm a part of and both have an email account. And so like before my workflow was basically I had the same workflow duplicated across three different email accounts. But now I have my two other Gmail accounts forwarding into Fastmail. And then Fastmail has an identities feature that actually integrates with Gmail. So like you can send, you can reply. So basically it's like, it's, it's three email accounts in one. And so I basically have just one process now where I can manage all, all of my email accounts. And it's really, it's really fast. Oh, awesome. That's fast. Handy. I guess that's why they call it fast. fast. Mail. <laughs> uh, here's, here's another cool thing about Fastmail. So like I said, I have like five or six email domains all pointed at Fastmail and I, I have each domain set up so that you can send email to any address at any of those domains and it'll come to my, my one mm-hmm. inbox, right? So I can use that for like spam tracking, right? If I sign up for a That's newsletter, handy. I can, you know, sign up with, you know, some random email address at bencurtis.com, right? So the thing that's cool, like a bunch of email providers do that, but the thing that's cool about Fastmail is if you have that set up and an email comes into one of those throwaway email addresses and you reply to that, then the reply will come from that same email address that it came to. Yeah. Right. Instead oh, of. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's like the same identities feature. Yeah. 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 So that's pretty, that's pretty handy. So you can still keep up the charade of having this, you know, this, this other user specific email address. You can actually, I do the same thing. I never thought, I didn't, I never thought about the catch all thing because I always worried like that I'm going to get a bunch of, do you ever get like random people yeah. ra- emailing random, like random yeah. spam spam? Of course. Yes. So I normally, I do the same thing you do, but I use, I just use the plus syntax with my, my name. So Josh plus whatever, you know, tag I want for the, for the service I'm signing up for. Yeah. But Fastmail also has, um, they have an aliases feature that not only can you create aliases on your own domain, but they give you like a list of like 30 plus different email domains that they just give you for, well, it's not for free because you pay for the service, but it's included. And um, you can create like basically an unlimited number of email addresses that work the same way. Like they come in and then you can reply to them. Um, So I've used that before for like specific, like if I, if I'm signing up for something that's potentially like really spammy, like I'll create a special, like there's no way of knowing that it's, it's not even at my, you know, my email domain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's for your black hat SEO forums. Yeah. Right. (laughs) We'll, uh, we'll like put in our, uh, our, Fastmail referral code uh, right here, and uh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Just go to fastmail.com forward slash honey badger. <laughs> if you do, you'll be extremely disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Ben Finley is setting up some podcasts, like advertisements, right? And we we're talking about doing that sort of like vanity domain thing, but in the end, it was like it just seemed simpler to have people mention us in our little. Uh, 
sign up. Why did you sign up? Like comments section. Oh yeah. You mean doing like a honey badger IO slash the name of the podcast or something for them? Yeah. To, yeah. Um, yeah. And we're looking into like Casper, podcasts because Casper suddenly we don't have or... like, we don't have conferences <laughs> anymore. Like conferences are just gone. So Ben wanted to do a coupon that allowed people to get a credit, right? You sign up and you get X dollar credit, but Stripe doesn't support that. So we've, we've done coupons mm. before for these podcast sponsorships and, and conference sponsorships and the con the coupons have always been either for a dollar amount off or a percent off. Uh, okay. Let, let me stop you there. So what's the difference between like $10 off coupon and a $10 credit? So, you know, credit you'll consume over time, right? Okay. So the $10 off coupon only works on the like one month's billing cycle or three months get... or six months or whatever you specify. Yeah. But like one, one payment, right? Um, it doesn't extend, it doesn't, um, get depleted over, across multiple payments. Right. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So I love the idea of having sign up credits. That's cool. Cause then you can, if, for example, play with a more advanced plan, right. And try out some of those features. Whereas a, you know, a dollar off credit, uh, or coupon wouldn't give you that same ability to test it out like for free. Right. So I think, um, uh, I wish that Stripe supported that, but in lieu of that, like you said, we're just going to do the manual thing. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But speaking of coupons and pricing, the new pricing that we launched a few weeks ago seems to be working okay. Um, oh, tell me about that. I haven't, I, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I don't like this tone of your voice. This <laughs> <laughs> yeah. doesn't sound good. Well, I do watch the revenue closely and the revenue does not indicate that this is a super win for us. So I think, you know, more time is required. Like you can't, you can't judge new pricing with just a couple weeks worth of data, but early indications are that it's either neutral or somewhat negative. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. But also like the economy is like, yeah. on fire yeah, like, it's yeah, really hard to know like what's yeah. caused by what these days yeah. the economy's bad we also it, i mean we introduced a much lower price point so people yeah. are going to be defaulting to that initially i mean i would expect it i mean it's obviously not going to make as much unless unless like you know we get exponential amount more people right signing yeah. up or something but yeah i think the intent of the you know the lower pricing was to be more attractive to people signing up and and that i think has borne out we've seen an increase in the numbers of people signing up for paid accounts yeah. so that's that's where i just yeah so hopefully over months we'll see it's gonna take a while yeah i mean it would, if it works out it'll have to work out in like the lifetime value or right or something right and I, yeah i don't know either i'd rather have more i don't know like i'd rather like have more people paying us than necessarily have like the total amount of money yeah they pay us from first time higher yeah it's that risk right same yeah. yeah same here and it's it's amazing it's always been amazing to me like like how few signups we've actually had over the lifetime like our we don't have like hundreds of people signing up like every day right and it's really i mean it's 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 been like a it's a, it's kind of like a slow drip of of customers coming in over time. And it's always been amazing to me, like how big of a business you can build, build with just that, just that slow drip of customers. The fact that we haven't like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's always, it's also made it a little bit difficult for me when we're making pricing changes, because like, we don't have like, you know, we're not like zoom or something where we can, we can like get like statistical benefits of like an analyzing <laughs> the rate of signups and, 
and figure oh, yeah. out like what, how our pricing is affecting it. So anything that moves the needle on like more people signing up and assuming they stick around and like maybe even pay us more in the long run. Like if they, you can't get introduced to honey badger and like it enough to like, you know, bring it with you to your next company unless something you, you have the opportunity to use it now. So anything that adds customers is like, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm usually pretty like positive on, on that. Yeah. We're, we're the people like one time a couple years ago or several years ago, I was like, remember like when everybody was like AB testing, you got to do AB testing. Like there are all these um, presentations like, yeah, I did some AB testing and I found that if I changed the color of my sign up button from blue to <laughs> green, true. we made 50% more money that year. That was all. Well, I mean, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that it was, was Google. All lies. <laughs> it was all lies. Um, but also like it's impossible <laughs> to do any kind of AP testing unless you have a ton of like it, unless your sample size is, is large enough. Right? Yes. If you've got a really small sample size then um, and these AB testing tools will actually calculate it for you. It's like how long do you need to wait to get some meaningful data on this? And it was like two years. <laughs> it's just like, no, no, thank you. I'm just going <laughs> to, well, I am just going to go back to guessing. We have had a few more customers sign up since the last time we tried AB testing. So maybe, maybe the time frame would be a little shorter than two years now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's been more than two years. <laughs> maybe we should have just left it running. How's that test going? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, like, I don't know. We've changed the website a little bit since then. Yeah. 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 I, I, I like our approach of, you know, longitudinal testing versus parallel A-B testing. Yeah, I like the way you say that, longitudinal. <laughs> <laughs> makes, me feel, sounds, makes me feel more science-y, you know? It's a, it's a that's longitudinal true. study. Science-y. Right? science should be the word of the year or the decade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're keeping track of that, though. And it'll be interesting to see how it, how it plays out. The, the flip side of the... Uh, like the whole pricing thing is the, like, if it's not, if it's not working or we realize like, we're not, you know, we're not making enough off of people initially signing up, we can always raise the, the lower end of the pricing a little bit. And then if no one, if that doesn't reduce the rate of signups, then that's a good sign. You know, that's a, that's a good signal for us. I, I think it's always been a pretty good signal because we did that in the past where when we were charging too little, we just started bumping the price a little bit and then you can watch that. And usually it doesn't matter how many signups you get. Like usually if it's, if it's going to like impact you, if it's going to have a big impact, you're, you'll see a little bit of a, you know, a dip or something like at some point people will stop paying versus like, there's usually never a point. There's rarely a point where when you drop the price, people will, <laughs> you know, you're, you're always going to get more people <laughs> or whatever. So, yeah. But I really love the plans. I love the having the the change that we made where we have the team versus business and then the different traffic tiers. That's I think makes a lot more sense than the small, medium, large stuff that we had before. Yeah. It yeah, does. I think it's a good framework. It's a better framework moving forward, even if the if the numbers change a little bit over time. Yep. Yeah. And regardless of the numbers, it's like it's nice to have made the world made a little bit more make a little bit more sense. Because mm -hmm. the world because so much of the world makes no sense whatsoever so it's nice in our little corner like we've got our little like japanese garden doing our part um, to bring peace to the world yeah well i think next week maybe next week maybe two weeks from now we'll need to talk about a new product release oh, oh yeah ready yeah you're gonna be ready gonna do, drop a few hints here 
Yeah, well, if you're a web developer, you'll be interested. <laughs> how's, how's that? Oh, don't don't give away the farm. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we? <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't stray too far from our current customers. Like we we love web developers, so we have to build more products for them. But uh, I will say that one person with whom I have shared more detail about this side project, this person said, because it's, it's, uh, it could be infrastructure heavy, and we kind of know a thing or two about infrastructure here at Honey Badger. You this, do. I, I know. <laughs> this person said, I would trust you with this type of service because I know how good you are at this sort of thing. That's, so, a, that's, yeah, a, that's a great so, Yeah, that's yeah. a great compliment. We'll have to put that on the testimonials page when we do our launch page. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have to say, um, so I was in, um, I was in Basecamp and I was reading, I was reading your spec that you wrote. I was like, wow, this is actually really, like I read it one time because I was, I was like in yeah. a rush and I read it. I was like, okay, that looks good, whatever. And then I came back to it later. And I was like, this is really a good idea. So <laughs> I'm excited. So go I'm ben. really excited. Yeah. So hopefully uh, this week, or today I created the, uh, the official Amazon account for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was just, yeah. I was just doing it on the personal account before, but I do love uh, So one of the things that I'm doing is segregating this from the rest of Honey Badger. Yes. Just in That's case. That's a pro tip. That's yeah. a pro tip. Yeah. Just like in case something bad happens or what are you going to say, Star? I was just use separate AWS accounts for separate yeah. products. Things. Yeah. Because yeah. who knows? Someone might want to come along and say, hey, I want to buy that thing. And it'll be much easier to turn over that Amazon account versus trying to pull stuff out from a commingled account. So. I think mm -hmm. I still may be hosting some files on S3 for old clients. <laughs> like I, I don't know, and it doesn't cost any hardly anything. So, uh, but I think I may still <laughs> now like some of their files maybe on my personal S like AWS account. Nice. Those were the days. Those were the days. Yeah. <sighs> well, I'm really excited about this uh, the the launch. I, I just I just realized that um, I'm going to be off for two weeks starting monday so if this launch is happening in the next two weeks then uh you might see me you might see me pop back in because i'm not i'm not gonna like i don't i don't know if i can keep myself away at least from you know doing some signal boosting or something sure. and uh, oh, and good. also i just i really like i'm really excited about the marketing side of of it too uh, because i i like there's a lot of it's a really good there's a lot of good op marketing opportunity i think for uh yeah this. definitely and it's uh yeah and like i feel like we got to keep up this tradition of like ben launching gigantic things <laughs> right? while you're on vacation Josh. yeah <laughs> i just realized that really does fit that narrative so <laughs> maybe i maybe i should just go away maybe that'll actually help the success like because it's worked well in the past <laughs> so so if if uh, you go on vacation and we deploy big new things then i propose that when i go on vacation that you get a bunch of new customers works that works for me yeah oh, i was gonna say that we like undeploy them so we, like, <laughs> crash them <laughs> just yeah yeah i'm really yeah i'm excited to see to see what people think about this and uh yeah see what we can do to, to push it going forward i think it'll be great hope so miles that a wrap all right if you've enjoyed this show, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a review, I guess. And yeah, and if you want to write for us, um, I'm still doing that, still publishing the old blog. Go to honeybadger.io, go to the blog, and there's a write for us thing in the header. And until next week, this has been FounderQuest.
ThunderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at HoneyBadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to FounderQuestPodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.